Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fantasize Me, Halloween edition. This is the podcast where I take characters real or imagined, and I fantasize them as D&D characters. I'm your host, Zach Katz, and today is the final October bonus Halloween episode all through October. In addition to releasing on Mondays like usual, I've been releasing bonus episodes on Thursday as well because there are just so many many wonderful and fun Halloween characters to fantasize. But this is the final one, and two episodes a week is a lot, so I'm kind of happy to be done with it. But for today's episode, I figured let's go out with a bang and do a character that we all know, we all love, we all have a little bit of a crush on, Scooby-Doo. And if it's just me on the crush, then I was kidding. So Scooby-Doo was made for this TV show that aired in 1969. Before it was made, it was originally titled Mysteries 5. And the dog who would later become Scooby was originally more of like a sidekick character, kind of like a mascot, uh, who was named Too Much. Like his name was actually T-O-O space M-U-C-H. And he played the bongos. So when it was actually pitched to the network CBS, it was pitched as a show titled Who's Scared? S-S-Scared. But they didn't like the dog too much, so he was instead named Scooby-Doo, and the show itself was renamed Scooby-Doo. And the name comes from Fred Silverman, CBS's head of daytime programming at the time, Silverman would state that he came up with the name from the syllables Doobie Doobie Doo in Frank Sinatra's hit song Strangers of the Night, but Scooby-Doo was actually already in use a long time before that as Cockney rhyming slang for the word clue. Cockney rhyming slang, I was immediately interested when I read that, so I tried to look into what that is, and like, I kind of get it, but at the same time it's like, okay, what? It's essentially thieves can't, right? Like a language that only rogues know. So it it, it was a real thing. I don't know if it's still in use, but this is what Cockney rhyming slang is, okay? You just replace a common word with a phrase of two or more words, the last of which rhymes with the original word. So you find a common word and then a phrase of two or more words that rhymes with it, all right? Then in almost all cases, you just take the last word or two from the end of that phrase. So the origin and meaning of the phrase becomes unknown to listeners who aren't aware that the meaning is different. So the example, the rhyming phrase apples and pears was used to mean stairs because, hey, what rhymes with stairs? Apples and pears. But then you have to follow this pattern of omission and drop the last two words. So you can just have apples. So now apples means stairs. So if I were to say, oh, my friends are up the apples, that means my friends are upstairs. And people listening in would be like, what does that mean? My friends are up the apples. Does that mean they're crazy or they ate a lot of apples? But people in the know would think, oh, your friends are upstairs. Sick. So that's what Cockney rhyming slang is, and Scooby-Doo is 
Cockney rhyming slang for clue, which fit in very perfectly with the mystery genre of the show Scooby-Doo. So there you go. Now that we know a bit about Scooby-Doo's origins, we can go into background. So Scooby-Doo has been in many iterations of the show, even like a pup named Scooby-Doo, which I used to watch all the time as a kid. Do you remember that? Okay, there's this character named Red Herring, right? And every episode, Fred was like, I know who is the culprit, Red Herring. And Red Herring's always like, no, it's not me. I'm literally just a Red Herring. And then there's one episode, all right? One episode where Fred's like, oh, I don't know who could have done this. And the culprit actually is Red Herring. And I was like, whoa, you're blowing my child mind. Anyway, so we're gonna go with Folk Hero. Cause you know, even when he was a pup, he was already like solving crimes and solving mysteries. So we're gonna go with Folk Hero. Cause of course he's a Folk Hero, he's Scooby-Doo. The Meddling Kids. There's also a great book called Meddling Kids by Edgar Cantero, R regardless. So as a Folk Hero, he's going to gain skill proficiencies in animal handling and survival as well as tool proficiencies in one type of artisan's tools. I'm gonna go with cook's utensils, so he can cook food for himself and for Shaggy. They love to eat, I get it. And he's also proficient in land vehicles, so Scooby can drive, which I love because that is pretty accurate. Of course Scooby can drive, why wouldn't he be able to? He's brilliant. Beautiful, now that we have his background, we can go to race. So I was looking at what races best signify dog, and I wasn't thrilled with any of them. There's like Leonin, which is kind of close. It's like a lion person, but lions are cats, right? And then there's also the wolfborn race, but they're like kind of magical. And I wasn't really feeling that. So just like with Squidward, we're going to very quickly homebrew our own race for Scooby-Doo. So for Squidward, we made the Squiddle race, and I wanted to make another race that was very fun to say. So normally when I'm looking for like names, I'll pretty much just type random words into a translator and see what they look like in Latin. Latin sounds fun. Um, it's just my go-to for fun names if I can't think of any off the top of my head. So for this race, we are going to call it Canis Mysterium which is just a really bad translation of mystery dog. So for the mystery dog race, ability scores are going to be increased. Most races have a plus two to one ability score and a plus one to a second ability score. So we are going to go plus one to wisdom, and then we are going to choose plus two from strength or dexterity. So there are a few races that give you the option of choosing where to put the additional modifiers. Like Half-Elf, you get plus two to Charisma and then can choose two from the other ability scores. Or if you go with the variant option for humans, they can choose where to put their modifiers as well. So for this one, plus one to Wisdom and plus two from Strength or Dexterity. The size of Mystery Dogs is medium and their speed is 35 feet. I'd say the normal speed is 30 feet, so they're a bit faster than normal. They get dark vision up to 60 feet. Makes sense, they have a dog's keen senses. They also get keen hearing and smell. So Canis Mysteriums have advantage on perception checks that rely on hearing or smell. Dogs have great senses of hearing, great senses of smell, and it's ability that wolves have in the, you know, D&D bestiary. So I thought, yeah, perfect, let's go for it. Next ability I called Dog Bite. 
very on the nose. But as a bonus action, mystery dogs can make one bite attack against a target within five feet of them using their strength or dexterity modifier, whichever they increased with their ability score improvement. And on a hit, the target takes 1d4 plus the modifier used to attack in piercing damage. So a lot of races have like natural weapons, like tabaxi have claws, leonins have claws. But I like to make attacks with those as bonus actions. Like I have a satyr in one of my games. Satyrs have the ram ability where they can make an attack and do 1d4 damage. But I allowed him to make it as a bonus action because it's not game breaking in any way. But I think it makes sense for it to be a bonus action because, you know, they were they were born with these. One of my other players has really sharp teeth as just part of her whole aesthetic. And I'm like, yeah, you can make bite as a bonus action. Let's freaking go for it. Because you're going to be good with biting. Dogs are good at biting. It's a bonus action. It's fine. I even go further with my players and kind of use cantrip rules where the 1d4 increases to 2d4 at 5th level, at 3d4 at 11th level, and 4d4 for 17th level. But that will be up to your DM's discretion. For this, I'm just leaving it as a bonus action and attack to do 1d4 plus the modifier used to attack in piercing damage. The final ability they have is called Bread for Hunting. So they have proficiency in one of the following skills of their choice. Intimidation, Investigation, Perception, or Stealth. I think for the purpose of Scooby-Doo, we are going to go with Investigation. He loves solving mysteries. Or, well, I guess he doesn't. He loves helping his friends solve mysteries. For languages, Canis Mysteriums can speak, read, and write common, and one additional language of their choice. So I'm thinking, okay, what other language would Scooby-Doo know aside from common? And I'm like, well, Shaggy's his best friend. What language do I think Shaggy would speak? So I thought about it for a sec and it, well, it came almost instantly. Like Shaggy likes to, you know, laze about and eat a ton of food. Oh, he's a hobbit. So Scooby-Doo can speak common and halfling, which is the, you know, D&D version of hobbits. So now that we have his background, folk hero, and his race, Canis Mysterium, we can roll for stats. So that's when we take a d6, roll it four times, drop the lowest number, add up the remaining three to get one ability score. We're gonna do that six times to get each of the six ability scores. So I rolled for Scoobert. That's Scooby-Doo's full name is Scoobert-Doo. So I rolled for Scoobert and he got an 18 on his first roll, the highest you can get. Then the rest of his rolls were kind of garbage. He got 10, 15, 12, 10, and 10. Three tens. Those are all plus zero modifiers. Like at least he doesn't have any negatives, but 12 isn't very high and 15 is fine, I guess. So 18 is the highest. I think we're going to plug that into dexterity. I think that's very useful for him sneaking about and solving mysteries and stuff. So because of the Canis Mysterium, we can put a plus two into Strength or Dexterity. I say we just plug it into Dexterity to make that a 20, which is as high as it can go without any magical item or ability. That is a plus five modifier. So at first level, having a 20 in any stat is incredible. Next highest is 15. We're going to put that into Wisdom, which gets a plus one from his Canis Mysterium race, which bumps that up to a 16 or a plus three modifier. Not bad. Next highest is 12. I'm going to put that into Intelligence to help with those investigation checks. That's going to be a plus one modifier. Then 
strength, constitution, and charisma all get a 10, which is a plus zero. I try not to have characters start with plus zero in constitution because constitution helps to determine health. And if you have a plus zero to constitution, you're gonna have a lot less health than other players that have bonuses to their constitution and therefore to their hit points. But whatever, he didn't roll well enough for me to give him everything I wanted him to have. So starting stats are 10 strength, 20 dexterity, 10 constitution, 12 intelligence, 16 wisdom, and 10 charisma. Well, now that we have his stats, we are going to pick class. I'm just immediately going to go into rogue. So Scooby-Doo as a playable character, I imagine him sneaking around with his friends and he doesn't have pack tactics, which wolves have, but I kind of imagine, you know, Shaggy and the others ganging up on someone and then Scooby slipping out of the shadows to deliver that final sneak attack. But anyway, so we'll start with eight hit points. Rogues have hit dice of 1d8. And at first level, it's just the max number on the die plus constitution modifier. So eight plus zero, eight hit points. That's that's fine. He'll have proficiencies in light armor, simple weapons, hand crossbows, long swords, rapiers, short swords, proficiencies in thieves tools, proficiency in dexterity and intelligence saving throws. So that's going to be plus seven to dexterity saving throws and plus three to intelligence saving throws. He also gets four skills from acrobatics, athletics, deception, insight, intimidation, investigation, perception, performance, persuasion, sleight of hand, and stealth. That's so many. So let's see, he already has, from Folk Hero, he has animal handling and survival. And from the Canis Mysterium, we gave him investigation. So, okay, so we are going to choose stealth, perception, uh, acrobatics, because Scooby is known for, uh, you know, being able to do cool flips and kind of like circus acts. And I guess I'm going to say insight, which I think will help with him getting confessions out of people, being able to read them, uh, be able to tell whether they're lying or not or withholding information. So, wow, he has seven skill proficiencies at first level. That's fun. So his proficiencies in acrobatics, animal handling, insight, investigation, perception, stealth, and survival. Right? Is that seven? Well, it's a lot. Anyway, at first level as a rogue, he gets expertise, one of my favorite abilities. So two of his skill proficiencies that he chooses can have their proficiency bonus doubled for any ability check he makes that uses either of those chosen proficiencies or he can choose one of his skill proficiencies and his proficiency with thieves tools. I think we're gonna stick with those two skill proficiencies. So we're definitely gonna do investigation. So he only has plus one to intelligence. Proficiency bonus at first level is plus two. So that doubled is four. So one plus four, he has plus five to investigation. Next, I think we're going to go with perception. So he has plus three for wisdom, plus four for this expertise. So he has plus seven to perception. And what's awesome is from the Canis Mysterium race, he gets advantage on those when he uses hearing or smell to make those checks. At first level, he also gets sneak attack. So once per turn, he can deal an extra 1d6 damage to one creature he hits with an attack roll if he has advantage on the attack roll. 
The attack must use a finesse or ranged weapon. So what I usually go for for anyone using dexterity is a rapier. It's 1d8 damage and it can use dexterity, so it has the finesse property, so he can get sneak attack with that. Now, like I said, uh, you know, having Shaggy and the other crew from Mystery Incorporated surround an enemy, he doesn't need advantage on the attack roll if another enemy of the target is within 5 feet of it, that enemy isn't incapacitated, and Scooby doesn't have disadvantage on the attack roll. So if Shaggy's roughing someone up, Scooby can just sneak up behind them and get sneak attack, having Shaggy give him that advantage. Not advantage in D&D mechanics where you roll twice, but just, you know, so he can roll sneak attack. You get it. It's fine. Hey, look at this. Rogues at first level get Thieves Can't. Look at that. We just talked about this when we talked about Cockney Rhyming Slang, which is real life Thieves Can't. So he can essentially just do that, where he can say these words that have different meanings, and only other people who know Thieves Can't can detect what he's saying. So he can just mix in different meanings and all of these subtleties into the things he says without anyone else being able to detect them. Second level as a rogue, he's going to gain cunning action. He can now take a bonus action on each of his turns in combat that can be used to take the dash, disengage, or hide action. So that's really awesome because he could bonus action hide. He has a stealth of plus seven. So chances are that's going to pass many enemies passive perception and then use his action to attack from hidden, giving himself advantage and therefore sneak attack. Or he has a pretty good movement speed. He can bonus action dash, move twice his movement speed. So 70 feet, rush an enemy and attack them. Third level in rogue we are going to go with his roguish archetype, which is the rogue subclass. We're going to pick inquisitive. So inquisitive rogues are pretty much just detectives. They excel at rooting out secrets and unraveling mysteries, just like Scooby-Doo. So gets a bunch of things at third level. The first one is ear for deceit. So Scooby now has a talent for picking out lies. Whenever he makes an insight check to determine whether a creature is lying, he can treat a roll of 7 or lower on the d20 as an 8. That is incredible! He already has proficiency in insight, so he has a plus 5. So the lowest he can get is 13, which isn't great, but that it's, it's just going to go up from here. You know what I mean? That insight's going to get higher. That lowest roll he can get for insight is going to just get higher. At third level, he also gets eye for detail. So he can now use a bonus action to make a perception check to spot a hidden creature or object, or to make an investigation check to uncover or decipher clues. So he gets even more bonus actions. And what's great about that perception check is one, he has expertise in them. So he already has plus seven on them. And because of his keen hearing or smell, chances are he's gonna have advantage on it. But what I like about this is normally it takes an action to try to detect a hidden enemy. Now he can just use that bonus action, sniff them out, and attack them. The last ability he gets as an inquisitive rogue at third level is going to be called insightful fighting. So as a bonus action, he can make an insight check against a creature he can see that isn't incapacitated, contested by the target's deception check. And if Scooby succeeds, he can use his sneak attack against the target even if he doesn't have advantage on the attack roll, but not if he has disadvantage. This benefit lasts for one minute or until he successfully uses this feature against a different target. 
So that's awesome because we just talked about how his insight, if he rolls a seven or lower on the die, it can just count as an eight. They would have to get a deception check of 13 or higher in order to uh, avoid this insightful fighting and get that sneak attack even when Scooby does not have advantage. So one thing I really like about this ability is that this works even if Scooby is fighting one-on-one. -on -one. Rogues don't do super well run-on-one. -on -one. They have to have allies to distract the enemy, or they have to have some sort of ability where they can kind of hit and run, where they can attack, and then maybe like arcane tricksters like go invisible, or if they multi-class, they can maybe misty step. But now he can get that sneak attack even in these one-on-one -on -one battles where he doesn't have to hide. He can just keep attacking and dealing that extra damage. And I love that for him. Fourth level, we are... I think fourth level, we're going to stick in Rogue just for this ability score improvement. I think we are going to give him a feat. So ability score improvements, Scooby can increase one ability score of his choice by two, or he can increase two ability scores of his choice by one. Right now, he's pretty much just using Dexterity, which is already maxed out, so we're going to give him a feat instead. And we talked about how much we're using Insight, so I think I'm going to give him Empathic. So this is going to increase his Wisdom score by 1, which bumps it up to a 17. That's still a plus 3 modifier, so that doesn't change at all. But he also gains Proficiency in the Insight skill. Well, I know what you're thinking, but Zach, he already has proficiency in insight skill. <laughs> yeah, let me finish. If he's already proficient in insight, then he now adds double his proficiency bonus to checks he makes with it. You know what that sounds like? That sounds a lot like expertise. So now he has a plus seven to insight. So now the lowest he can get on those insight checks is a 15, which is awesome. Empathic also gives him one extra ability. He can use his action to try to get an uncanny insight about one humanoid he can see within 30 feet of him. He's going to make an insight check contested by the target's deception, and if the check succeeds, he has advantage on attack rolls and ability checks against the target until the end of his next turn. So this works great with the Inquisitive Rogue subclass, because he can make that insight check to gain sneak attack against them, and then he can use Empathic to use an action to get advantage on the attacks as well. What's cool about this is if he has advantage, he'll already get that sneak attack, but this will give him a chance to crit and gain that sneak attack. And crits double all the dice that you roll, so his sneak attack damage will be doubled as well. Now for fifth level, oh, I like I kind of want to keep going in rogue because it's just he gets so many cool things, but I think we are going to multi-class. So I think it makes sense to multi-class into Ranger. So Rangers also use Dexterity and Wisdom, which he has a plus three to, which is good. Rangers have D10s for their hit dice, so they have a bit more hit points than Rogues. That's going to be useful with a plus zero to Constitution. So multi-classing into Ranger, he'll gain proficiency with medium armor, shields, martial weapons, and also one skill from the class's skill list. So he's going to gain an eighth skill proficiency from Ranger. And Rangers can choose Animal Handling, Athletics, Insight, Investigation, Nature, Perception, Stealth, and Survival. I think the only things he doesn't have proficiency in already is Athletics and Nature. I think Nature makes more sense, I guess. Yeah, Nature definitely makes more sense because this will help him, along with Animal Handling, be able to communicate better with animals. And as a dog himself, I think that is perfect. 
So starting at first level, rangers get favored enemies. So we, he can choose a type of favored enemy, beasts, fey, humanoids, monstrosities, or undead. And we're, we're gonna choose undead. You know, most of the things he goes after are undead. Well, I mean, really they're just humans, but he doesn't know that. So we're gonna go with undead so we can be really good at ghost hunting. There was that Scooby-Doo series, The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, and those were actual ghosts. So he's got some ghost fighting experience. So undead makes sense to me. So he's gonna gain plus two bonus to damage rolls with weapon attacks against creatures of the chosen type. Additionally, he's going to have advantage on survival checks to track his favorite enemies, as well as on intelligence checks to recall information about them. So he has proficiency in survival. He's now a fifth level character, so that went up to a plus three proficiency bonus. So he has plus six to survival and advantage to track undead. That's going to make investigating these haunted houses so easy. He also gets a new language, typically one spoken by his favorite enemy. Undead can be, you know, any race, I guess. So we can just pick whatever. I'm gonna go with demonic. That's fun for me to hear Scooby-Doo. This cute little Great Dane, little Great Dane, kind of oxymoron. Uh, this cute little dog speaking demonic. That's fun for me. As a first level ranger, he also gains natural explorer. So now he ignores difficult terrain. He has advantage on initiative rolls. And on his first turn during combat, he has advantage on attack rolls against creatures that have not acted yet. I feel like rangers and rogues complement each other so well because, first of all, they can both use dexterity for their attack bonuses. It also really helps with, like, movement and stuff. Ignoring difficult terrain is awesome for rogues who need to be able to get across battlefields quickly to maybe hide or get into more advantageous positions. And also because he has advantage on initiative rolls and plus five to his initiative bonus, because initiative bonus is just your dexterity modifier, chances are he's going to go before a lot of creatures. And because now he's a ranger, he's going to gain advantage on all of his attacks against them. And because he's a rogue, that's going to give him sneak attack on anyone. I love that for him. There are also some more benefits that he gains when traveling for an hour or more. Uh, like, difficult terrain doesn't slow his group's travel. He can't become lost except by magical means. Uh, he remains alert to danger. Even if he's traveling alone, he can move stealthily at a normal pace. He finds twice as much food as normal when he forages. Uh, and while tracking other creatures, he'll also learn their exact number, their sizes, and how long ago they passed through the area. So just normal, you know, like, wilderness stuff that he learns... Sixth level, we are going to go second in Ranger, which gives him spellcasting. So he hasn't had any spellcasting up until now, but now, hey, look at that. He has two first level spell slots and two first level spells that he knows. So his spellcasting ability is going to be his wisdom, which is currently a plus three. So his spell save DC, the saving throw a target has to beat when you target them with a spell, is eight plus his proficiency bonus plus his wisdom modifier. So that's eight plus the three proficiency bonus plus the three wisdom modifier. So spell save DC for his ranger spells is 14 and spell attack modifier for ranger spells is proficiency bonus plus wisdom modifier. So plus six. So not bad, it's pretty good. Second level, he's also going to get a fighting style. 
I think I'm going to go with dueling. So fighting styles are essentially just, you know, how he fights, what's his style, that's fighting style. So there are a bunch of them for rangers, but I think we are going to go with dueling. So while he's wielding a melee weapon in one hand and no other weapons, he gains a plus two bonus to damage rolls with that weapon. And I think that can also be used if he is wielding a shield. So he has his rapier in one hand, a shield in another. Now he's going to gain a plus two bonus to damage rolls when he hits with his rapier. That might not seem like a lot, but it's extra two damage every time he hits. Seventh level, we are going third in Ranger. He is going to gain the ability Primeval Awareness. So through sounds and gestures, he can now communicate simple ideas to a beast as an action. He can read its basic mood and intent and learn its emotional state, whether it's affected by magic of any sort, its short-term needs, and actions you can take, if any, to persuade it to not attack. So, you know, same reasoning behind increasing his nature, just being able to communicate with animals. Well, now that gets even easier with primeval awareness. This ability can't be used against a creature that he's attacked within the past 10 minutes. Also, he can attune his senses to determine if any of his favorite enemies lurk nearby. That's going to be really helpful in seeing if, you know, this place is actually haunted or not. Chances are, it's not, but now he'll know for sure. So he can spend one uninterrupted minute in concentration and sense whether any of his favorite enemies are present within five miles of him. This feature reveals which of his favorite enemies are present, their numbers, and the creature's general direction and distance from you. If there are multiple groups of his favorite enemies within range, he learns this information for each group. So Scooby-Doo can roll up in the mystery machine that he is driving because he has proficiency in land vehicles, just even without going into the haunted house, can cast primeval awareness and just learn if there are any undead actually in there. And if there aren't, he can say, hey, gang, you know, like, I know this place is quote unquote haunted, but it's it's just some dude in a mask. I know that now. And that's cool for him. Also, as a third level ranger, he's going to pick his ranger conclave. So that's what ranger subclasses are called. They're called conclaves. And I am going to pick Monster Slayer, because that just makes sense to me, right? Scooby-Doo, Monster Slayer. I love that. So at third level, he'll automatically learn the spell protection from evil and good. And he also gains the ability Hunter's Sense. So now he can just look at a creature and magically discern how best to hurt it. So as an action, he can choose one creature he can see within 60 feet of him, and Scooby will immediately learn whether the creature has any damage immunities, resistances, or vulnerabilities, and what they are. So say he is going up against a ghost, he can use Hunter Sense and be like, oh, they're immune to necrotic damage, noted. He can use this feature a number of times equal to his Wisdom modifier, which is 3, and regains all expended uses when he finishes a long rest. Also at 3rd level, he gains Slayer's Prey. So he can focus his ire on one foe, increasing the harm he inflicts on it. As a bonus action, he can designate one creature he can see within 60 feet of him as the target of his Slayer's Prey. The first time each turn that you hit that target with a weapon attack, it takes an extra 1d6 damage from the weapon. This benefit lasts until you finish a short or long rest, or ends early if you designate a different creature. So that means you can cast Slayer's Prey on a creature, and then like, just go hours without seeing them and still have this mark on them. That's awesome because as a ranger, you could like 
first round bonus action slayer's prey to deal extra damage next round bonus action hunter's mark so now you'll be dealing an extra 1d6 from slayer's prey and 1d6 from hunter's mark that's fun eighth level we are going to go fourth into ranger and i think it would make sense to increase wisdom now that we're using it a bit more so wisdom is a 17 currently i think we're just going to move that up to a 19 so 19, one away from 20, but that's still a plus four modifier. So he has plus four to wisdom now. So a bunch of his skill proficiencies are going to go up as well as his spell save DC and spell attack bonus for ranger spells. Ninth level, we are going fifth level in ranger, which gives him extra attack. So that's awesome. Now he can attack twice instead of once whenever he takes the attack action on his turn. So that plus two he gets from that duelist fighting style, he can now potentially deal an additional four damage every turn. Again, does not sound like much. It's not, but it'll add up. That's fine. So right now he has a plus five to his damage because he has a plus five to dexterity. So that's plus seven to damage, which is awesome. Oh, that is just a regular attack. He can deal an additional seven damage. 10th level, I think we are going to hop back over to Rogue to become a 5th level Rogue. At 5th level, he's going to gain Uncanny Dodge. So when an attacker that he sees hits him with an attack, he can use his reaction to have the attack's damage against you. So that's awesome. Say this big Minotaur is lumbering towards you with this great axe, is about to deal 22 points of damage with one hit. You can use your reaction to instead take 11 points of damage. That becomes especially useful at higher levels when attacks deal more and more damage. This only works against attack rolls made against you. So if you're targeted like by the Cone of Cold spell that has you make a saving throw, you can't use Uncanny Dodge to have that damage. 11th level, we are going 6th level in Rogue. Hey, look at that, more expertise. Now he can choose two more of his proficiencies to gain the benefit of expertise. He has so many to choose from. Let's see, he already has expertise in insight, investigation, and perception. I say let's just do stealth. So stealth now has expertise. That's going to be a plus 11 to stealth. Or sorry, no, proficiency bonus at ninth level goes up to plus four. So four double to eight plus his dexterity, which is five. He now has plus 13 to stealth. Incredible. And let's give it to, what else would make sense for a sleuth? Investigation has it, insight perception. How about, this is tough. I think I'm actually going to pick nature. I think nature out of the skills he's proficient in will be the most helpful in looking for clues. Because now if he's able to use his awesome investigation, which is a plus nine, in order to find something natural like a plant or a potion or food, maybe he can now make a nature check to discern even more information about it. So nature is also going to be a plus nine for now. So he has five skills that he has expertise in. I love that. 12th level, we are going... 7th level Rogue, which gives him Evasion, one of my favorite abilities. So when Scooby is subjected to an effect that allows him to make a Dexterity saving throw to take only half damage, he instead takes no damage if he succeeds on the saving throw, or only half damage if he fails. That's such a cool ability. Dexterity has got to be the most used saving throw, at least what I've experienced. 
So if he's hit with like fireball and has to make a dexterity saving throw, if he succeeds, he's going to take no damage. And even if he fails, he takes half damage. That's so good because right now he has a plus nine to his dexterity saving throws. So chances are he's going to succeed and get away with taking no damage from these really big area of effect spells. 13th level, we are going to go eighth in rogue to get another ability score improvement. I think we are going to max out wisdom. So that bumps wisdom up to a 20, which is a plus five modifier. And I think we're going to put the last one into intelligence. Intelligence was a 12, so now it's a 13, which is still a plus one modifier. It doesn't change its modifier at all, but now it's 13. So there. 14th level, I think we are going to go ninth mm, in rogue to get another roguish archetype feature. So this gives him steady eye. So now he has advantage on any perception or investigation check he makes if he moves no more than half his speed on the same turn. That is so awesome. So the wording of this, if he's in combat and moves just half his speed, he'll have advantage on perception and investigation checks. But I think outside of combat, this could also give him advantage on perception and investigation checks. 14th level characters have plus five proficiency bonuses. So right now his perception is 15 and his investigation is plus 11. So he's going to make such high rolls and he's going to make them with advantage now. I love that for him. He's going to be so good at solving mysteries. Mystery Incorporated is going to be blowing up, making so much money with Scooby just being able to walk into a building, tell if there are any undead there, use his awesome survival to track down whomever is around, and then use investigation checks and perception checks with advantage to find clues and find hidden passages and stuff. That's awesome. Now for 15th level... I think we are going to go back into Ranger and stay there. I think we are done with Rogue. So as a sixth level Ranger now, he's going to gain a greater favored enemy. So he can choose a new type of favored enemy, aberrations, celestials, constructs, dragons, fiends, or giants. And he'll gain all the benefits against this chosen enemy that he normally gains against his favorite enemy, and in additional language. Also, his bonus to damage rolls against all of his favorite enemies will increase to plus four. So now he'll get plus four to damage on undeads, and let's pick constructs. Because I feel like it's very realistic that Scooby will fight like this reanimated or just animated suit of armor or like a rug of smothering because I am still picturing him in one haunted house. Uh, it's the same haunted house from that one episode. I think it's like Blackbeard's ghost or something where they have to stay in this house overnight with a bunch of these other people in order to, I don't know, win the house or get like an inheritance or something. The, I, I saw this episode a long time ago, but I am picturing that haunted house. If that helps anyone imagine things, it might not. Well, whatever, it's fine, you get it. Just imagine a haunted house. Now imagine a suit of armor coming to life and attacking Scooby. Perfect. In addition to knowing a new language, which I think we are going to just pick, what would be useful? Uh, Elvish, so why not? So in addition to his learning Elvish and getting the plus four bonus to damage rolls, 
he now has advantage on saving throws against the spells and abilities used by a greater favored enemy. So that's awesome. Like if a construct has this ability that allows Scooby to make a saving throw, he's going to make it with advantage now. 16th level, that is a 7th level ranger, he's going to get another ranger conclave feature. So as a monster slayer, he is going to get supernatural defense. So he now gains extra resilience against his prey's assault on his mind and body. So supernatural defense, whenever the target of his slayer's prey forces him to make a saving throw, and whenever he makes an ability check to escape that target's grapple, he's going to add 1d6 to his roll. That might not sound super impressive, but say he uses Slayer's Prey on this powerful spellcaster. Now, remember that fireball I mentioned earlier, not only is he going to have plus 10 to dexterity saving throws to evade that fireball, but now he's going to add an extra d6 to that. So the lowest he can get without a nat 1 is going to be a 2 on the die, plus 10 for the dexterity saving throw, plus 1 on the d6. So the lowest he can roll without a nat 1 is still 13, which might not save, but is still really good. Ugh, I love it. Scooby is so good at taking out these bad guys. 17th level, that is going to be another ability score improvement. I say let's pick a second feat. You know, I think for the final feat, is this the final feat? I think so. For the final feat, I'm going to give him Arcanist. Arcanist? Arcanist. Doesn't matter. So as an Arcanist, he has studied the arcane art, so his intelligence score increases by one. So that bumps that 13 up to a 14, which is now a plus two modifier. So all of his skills that use intelligence are going to go up one. And now he also gains proficiency in the Arcana skill. 17th level proficiency bonus goes up to plus six. So he now has plus eight with Arcana. Additionally, he learns the Prestidigitation cantrip and the Detect Magic spell. And he can cast Detect Magic once without expending a spell slot. And he regains the ability to do so when he finishes a long rest. Now he may have already had Detect Magic from being a ranger, but I think it's just such a useful ability for a sleuth to have, or an investigator, a detective like Scooby to have, because now he can just detect traces of magic all around him. It's going to be really helpful if any of the things he investigates turns out to actually be magic. So there, we got his intelligence up from a plus one to a plus two, and another skill proficiency, and a cantrip. Rangers don't have any cantrips, rogues don't have spellcasting, unless you uh, pick a different subclass. But boom, prestidigitation. That's a fun one. Also at 8th level as a rogue, he can use the dash action as a bonus action on his turn. That doesn't matter because he was able to do that since he was a 2nd level rogue. So that's not especially helpful in that it is not helpful at all. But that's fine. 19th level, we're going 10th and Ranger, where he gets hide in plain sight. So when he attempts to hide on his turn, he can opt to not move on that turn. And if he avoids moving, creatures that attempt to detect him take a minus 10 penalty to their perception checks until the start of his next turn. So say enemies are gaining on Scooby, he can just duck behind a corner, uh, stay still, and take the hide action, or use hide as a bonus action. He just has to not move on his turn. And now when those people chasing him make perception checks to try to find him, they get a minus 10 to those checks. And now that Scooby has a plus 17 to stealth, chances are he's not going to be found. 
he loses this benefit if he moves, if he falls prone, uh, either voluntarily or because of some external effect, and he's still automatically detected if any effect or action causes him to no longer be hidden. So say he's hiding behind a tree, but then, you know, someone chops the tree down and he's no longer hidden, yeah, people are going to be able to see him. If he's still hidden on his next turn, he can continue to remain motionless and gain this benefit until he's detected. So like I said, if he is being chased, you know, a really fun chase sequence where he's chasing the enemy and then he goes through a door and he comes out the door. Now he's being chased by the enemy and then he comes out another door and they're wearing different clothing classic Scooby-Doo chase sequence, he can just use hide in plain sight and stay hidden until his pursuer gives up or looks for him elsewhere, and Scooby can get back to his detective work, unencumbered. 20th level, the final level, we are going 11th in Ranger to get another Ranger Conclave feature. This one is really cool. Kind of. Well, okay. It's called Magic User's Nemesis. So when Scooby sees a creature casting a spell or teleporting within 60 feet of him, he can use his reaction to try to magically foil it. The creature has to succeed on a wisdom saving throw against his spell save DC, which is now 19, or its spell or teleport fails and is wasted. Once he uses this feature, he can't use it again until he finishes a short or long rest. I love that it can come back on a short rest because this is a really awesome ability and usually the best abilities, they're like, sorry, you have to sleep for eight hours to get it back. But now it's like Scooby can just chill for an hour and be able to use Magic User's Nemesis again. So say someone's trying to cast like a really high level spell, like even the Wish spell, a ninth level spell that can do almost anything, has to succeed on a DC 19 wisdom saving throw, or the spell just fails and is wasted. So Scooby can have someone just waste their ninth level spell slot, and I love that for him. So Scooby-Doo of Mystery Incorporated, he has background of folk hero, race, one that we homebrewed really quickly called the Canis Mysterium. He is a level 9 Inquisitive Rogue and a level 11 Monster Slayer Ranger. His ending stats are 10 Strength, 20 Dexterity, 10 Constitution, 14 Intelligence, 20 Wisdom, and 10 Charisma. For skill proficiencies, he has plus 11 to acrobatics, plus 11 to animal handling, plus 8 to arcana, plus 17 to insight, plus 14 to investigation, plus 14 to nature, plus 17 to perception, plus 17 to stealth, and plus 11 to survival. Wow. Okay. So he ended with 9 skill proficiencies and expertise in 5 of them. There's only 18 skills to choose from. He's proficient in half of them. That's insane. I, I don't know, but I think that might be the most amount of skill proficiencies we've had on Fantasize Me. Truly an insane amount. But then again, Scoobert Dew is a dog of many talents. For saving throws, he has plus 11 to dexterity and plus 8 to intelligence. For languages, he has common, halfling, thieves can't, demonic, and elvish. For tools, he has proficiencies in thieves' tools, cooks' utensils, and land vehicles. So, you know, he can use thieves' tools to break into your home, use cooks' utensils to cook a nice meal, and then use his vehicle proficiency to steal your car and drive away with the food that he stole. 
classic Scooby-Doo. I mean, I don't think an episode has gone by where he hasn't done exactly that. So he does have a lot of combat abilities, but I just imagine Scooby as more of a role-playing character. Like, I have a very active imagination, but Scooby just does not seem like this bloodthirsty adventurer who is perfectly fine with killing. I think he likes to go into places with his friends, be incredible at solving mysteries, and then, you know, chill out in the mystery machine and just eat Scooby snacks and sandwiches. And solving mysteries has got to be so easy for him because he has plus 14 to investigation and advantage on investigation rolls, plus 17 to perception, and advantage on perception rolls. I think those two are the most used for, you know, detective work. But even if those aren't apropos, he still has plus 17 to insight to tell if people are lying, plus 14 to nature to look at like the natural world and natural sciences to tell if there's anything there, plus eight to arcana and the detect magic spell to see if anything magic is going on. And if he does sense that he's in danger from his insane perception, he has plus 17 to stealth to try to avoid anything oncoming. So he can go into a place that's haunted, solve the mystery of the place, and leave without the thing haunting it, even knowing that he was there. And I love that. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Fantasize Me. Again, this was the final bonus Halloween episode that I'm doing because there aren't any more Thursdays in October. So darn. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at FantasizeMePod. I'm almost at 300 followers, which is awesome. Thank you all so much for following me. Uh, and I'll just say you're welcome for the hilarious things that I post about oranges and cheese and different things that don't matter. If you have any character suggestions, email them in to fantasizemepod at gmail.com. Still haven't gotten any emails aside from the one my sister sent me, but that only half counts. And look forward to a special Sunday episode. Normally episodes come out Monday every week, but this is going to be Sunday because Sunday is Halloween. So I'm going to do something special for that. So be sure to look forward to it. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you soon. Bye.